Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello, thanks for downloading The Best in the World with Richard Parr, episode 22 with former judo world champion Guillaume Elmont. We go through a lot of things on today's podcast, talking about how Guillaume comes from a judo family. His father competed for Suriname at the 1976 Olympics. His brother is also an Olympic competitor in the sport. He talks about what went wrong for him in the 2004 Olympics. The difficulties making weight and nutrition that is involved when he's competing and not competing. Talks about his pre-game visualization techniques. That's not one of the easiest words, is it? Visualization. And post-game recovery techniques. His work as a psychologist. Right now, he's also a performance coach at the football team Ajax Amsterdam with the youth players. So we get a fascinating insight from that. And he also talks about the power of positivity. If you know wrestling, that would be the new day. The uh, the wrestling stable, they love their power of positivity. Well, let's learn from a world champion in Guillaume Elmont on the power of positivity. And we also talk a lot about sports psychology and performance in judo and why he's taken up salsa. You wouldn't really put the two together, would you? Judo and salsa, but apparently it works and it works for Guillaume Elmont, who is the best in the world. That interview is coming up in just a moment, but I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free, yes, free, that means gratis, nothing, nada, audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash best. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or mp3 player i'll tell you that link one more time it's www.audibletrial.com forward slash best obviously the best means best in the world and the best in the world is guillaume almont and that's next the best in the world podcast with richard parr So Guillaume Almont, welcome to the best in the world with Richard Parr. You're a former world champion in judo, but you've always had judo around you, haven't you? You've come from a, a judo family, that's right? 
Yes, yes, for sure. Um, my father uh, is from Suriname. We live in Holland, but um, he went for Suriname to the Olympics in uh, Montreal in uh, 1976. And so, uh, yeah, when we were little, we got uh, uh, very uh, fast in touch with judo. Yeah. Were you born in Suriname and moved to the no, Netherlands? No, no, no. I, I was born in Holland and my, my brother too, but my parents moved just before to Holland. Was judo always around you? Was there any pressure for you to get you and your brother to get into the sport? No, no, no. Because uh, my father, um, he was one of the yeah. He he got now he's they they uh, call him now the greatest judo player of the 20th century from Suriname. So he had a lot of pressure when he was judoing from the country and everybody. So for us, he actually didn't want us to. Uh, become uh, judo players because he was like yeah if they get good then they get all the pressure and he didn't really like it so um, he didn't want us on, on judo but we had to do a sport and my mother he, she put us on judo so uh, uh, yeah it was actually our mother that put us on judo and decided that yeah, we, we you guys need to do a sport and let's see how this uh, goes yeah. Well, this podcast is learning from the best in the world. And if you've got a dad who's been to the Olympic Games, that must be a fantastic person to always turn to when you need advice. Would you often pick his brain? No, no, no. Because the, the, my, my, my father is, was, is, is, or was very modest. So he never spoke about that he was uh, that good and um, that he went to the Olympics or that he was 10 times uh, champion of Suriname or was third on the Pan Am Championships. He never told it on, uh, just on when we were older, we got to hear, we heard it from other people. But uh, suddenly people came and they had a, uh, an encyclopedia. I don't know how you call it. And with, with his name, yeah. yeah, encyclopedia with his name and with, with all his records, you were like, hey, this guy was actually good. So <laughs> we just learned when we were older that he was um, that good. And who who got into it first, you or your brother? Uh, both at the same time. Yeah, we. I had to. You, you could start judo from four years old, and I had to wait on for my or my mom waited until my brother uh, was four years. And I was six, so we could go on uh, together on judo. So at the same time, we went on. We went on. Yeah. And since then, it was always uh, judo. She was like, if uh, if you want to do another sport, you can always change. But then we were already hooked on uh, judo uh, and was it good having a brother uh, also do judo would you help yourselves compete higher and higher do you think that helped yeah yeah for sure because um, we learned uh, the, we have the same build as our father and the same techniques and he was a very technical man and he learned us uh, the techniques and the, and the tips and tricks uh, with that and me and my brother uh, always trained with each other and always corrected each other on our uh, techniques and that helped us to get uh, to become very good in judo uh. i was listening to an interview with your brother and he was saying there was this kind of strange thing where if one of you would get like an injury like like something on your elbow uh, a couple of days later, you you would get the same. If he got one injury, you would get the same one a few days later. A bit like twins. Is that true? Is that weird? Yeah, yeah, that's that's very weird. It's it's true. We had um, I think for a period of ten years because I think in the last uh, three years it 
wasn't like that anymore. But before that, it was um, yeah. If he got an injury, then um, yeah, then I got an injury. Maybe one or two weeks later, I got the same injury, same spot. And um, yeah, and with, same with me. If I got an injury, he got it a few days later. So that was very strange uh, for us. And at first, we were like, no, it's because you, the, the, the yeah, because I uh, told him he had an injury, so he knows. And then maybe probably he just moves like it, and then he gets it too. But um, at one point, we uh, stopped telling each other when we were injured. And but it was the same because uh, we heard it from the physio. No, your brother has the same injury, so you can come. <laughs> For the same reason, and yeah, that was very, very strange. But yeah, I don't know. We we train every day together, and uh, when we go out with the national team, we sleep together. We live um, 900 meters apart from each other here in Holland, so we saw each other day and night, and we're always busy with judo. And um, yeah, that was a strange uh, thing, but also very nice, very nice. And and I you've think. always been close, or have you ever had any rows or any fights, or have you always no, had never, a never. But, only when we were um, like when I was seven years or eight years old, we we had um, I was teasing my brother a lot, but um, like normal brothers do. But um, we always had a very close uh, bond. So uh, yeah, and it, it just became closer and closer between us. And and you obviously enjoyed judo from a young age, as you explained. But when did you realize that? you'd be good, that you could go to Olympics, that you could one day be a world champion. Was there an age where you decided that this is something you want to take really, really seriously? Um, no, I, I started when I was six and um, I did my tournaments uh, and, I, and, I, and I always uh, won, but I never thought about um, the world or the Olympics. That, that came when I was, uh, when I was almost a senior. And I start thinking, okay, the Olympics is nice and the Worlds um, is nice to go to. And I was like, yeah, my father went to the Olympics, so I will, would like to go to the Olympics too. But um, for me, uh, when I was a first-year senior, I was like, yeah, I want to become world champion. Because in my eyes, in judo, uh, world championships are heavier than the Olympics. The Olympics has more media attention. Well, but that's the only thing. It doesn't say anything about the level of, um, of um, how do you say it? How heavy the tournament is. Mm. So uh, for me, the first thing was Olympic uh, world champion, then Olympic, and then maybe European. But I never focused on the European. It was always one of the two first. And 2004, I believe, was your first Olympics. How was that experience? Was it everything you expected it to be? I was 23, so pretty young when I went there. And um, yeah, it, it was my first Olympics, and one of the yeah, things that happened was that my judo gi got. Um, um, I, I wasn't allowed to judo in my own judo gi, so I got a judo gi from a fed, from the federation, and that was a pretty big one. So my first match, I lost because yeah, I couldn't normally judo as I as I wanted to judo, but I learned. From that and uh, after that, I really trained because I was like, yeah, even if you have a bigger judo gi, you still need to uh, make a good fight. And I didn't make a good fight at all. So I was very disappointed. And uh, I went back to the drawing board and just trained and make good plans to become a uh, champion again. So when you did that, um, going back to the drawing board, how many hours a week were you training? How, what would be a typical day in your training life as well? Um, uh, norm, yeah, typical is two training sessions a day, one judo, and then the other one can be power training or running. 
and sometimes I had three sessions a day. I, I know Monday, Friday in that period was always three sessions and the rest of the week uh, two, except Sunday, that was my day off. But um, yeah, I was, yeah, and then I, I just stick to the program. But I went to the Olympics 2004 without a plan, without a game plan. And in the years after, I always went with the game plan to the to the to the big competitions. What about nutrition in those days? What what would you be eating when when you were doing say three sessions a day? Um, uh, not much because the judo is a weight sport, and you can't eat uh, a lot of weight. Everybody says yeah, but you can go down with with the good food and everything, but. You need to dehydrate to get to lose weight. I know on my um, competition days in '81, I was I had five percentages of fat, and that's not. Um, I was pretty dry, and I I couldn't do that on the normal with a normal schedule or a normal diet. So um, I didn't eat a lot. Yeah. Oh wow! So did you ever have a lot of trouble making weight? Yeah, 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 for sure, always. When I was a junior, I had to. <laughs> lose um, a lot and when i was senior i had to lose eight uh, eight nine kilos for every tournament so that was a lot always yeah but it was always uh it was also um um a part of my preparation you get in focus you get concentrated you, um, the tension is coming up so um that was all that was also one of the things i missed when i became uh, when i went to 90 kilos i didn't have to lose weight yeah, and then you have to get yourself motivated and in the right tension, uh, very different. And you mentioned you went back to the drawing board and you put yourself a plan, and clearly that worked in in 2005 when you went on to win the, the world title in, in Cairo. How, how was that experience for you? Yeah, it was amazing. It was really uh, amazing because... Um, yeah, in 2004, I went to the Olympics, and um, I, I always got medals on tournaments, so I, I thought I was good enough to uh, to become champion. But when you, you um, are on a big championship like the Olympics, and then those in, in 2003, I was also at the Worlds, and you see that the normal uh, intention of training that you're doing is not enough, yeah, then you know you have to do make a lot of effort, and it's nice that you uh, it's a very big conversation um, um uh, sorry uh, um it's a very big mirror for yourself when you know you did all your best and you uh, are not good enough but then you can be satisfied with yourself only i didn't do my best enough in the, on the training so after 2004 olympics i really did my best and then I, yeah i became world champion and that's a very big satisfaction mm. How were you feeling on the day of the final? Uh, the day of the final, yeah, um, <clears throat> almost like um, all the other tournaments. Only I had my game plan. I did all the, my training sessions, and I prepared myself uh, mentally. And every every before every match, I had a, uh, I prepared myself mentally good. Um, I had a game plan against every opponent, and before I did it, but not um, as good as as I did it there. So. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty relaxed, but um, full on fo- full in focused. Yeah. When you when you say prepare yourself mentally, did that involve any meditation? Did that involve doing any other activity to make you not think about judo? Did it involve yeah meditation or anything like that? 
Um, yeah, I listen to music and you can see music a little bit as uh, meditation because I'm closed off from the environment around me. So no distraction and a lot of self-talk. So um, um, if, uh, visuals, making visuals of, the, of, of my opponent, what they are going to do, what my strategy is, what I have to do and stay focused on that the whole time. And does that also involve visualizing yourself with the medal? No, no, no. It was f just visualizing me and my opponent and how the and how the game would uh, would walk, uh, how it would look like. And when you did get the victory and you did get the medal, was it a feeling of relief or sheer joy, or was it I'm going to keep working harder? No, no, no. When I when I, when I won the gold medal, uh, it was I just took a very big breath, breath and uh, was very only relief. Like uh, finally, I got a medal uh, on a big tournament that I wanted, and yeah, for me that was the only thing that I wanted to do to get. Um, yeah, and then it was yeah very relaxed after that. But for me, it was a very big relief. Like okay, now I I had a talent and I got everything out of the talent that I uh, had. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. More of the interview is coming up in just a moment, but I just want to tell you about the latest audiobook I've listened to. It's The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And I think you'd be pretty impressed who it was narrated by. It was Aidan Gillen. I think for those of you who are Game of Thrones fans, like me, fantastic show, probably one of the best TV shows on television right now, you will know him as Littlefinger or Peter Baelish. Quite the manipulative character in the show. And for those of you who like another fantastic TV show, The Wire, he was the mayor, uh, Thomas Carchetti, I think the, the mayor of Baltimore in the end. 
again, one of the great shows. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones and you haven't seen The Wire, what are you doing? <laughs> Go and download it right now. He's clearly a very talented actor. He's been in other movies such as The Dark Knight Rises, 12 Rounds featuring John, John Cena. Many of you seen that viral video of the radio DJ who plays pranks with this caller, this lady at home, uh, that she was winning tickets to see wrestling with John Cena. If you haven't, try and download it. I'll try and put a link on my Twitter. That's really entertaining. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm coming off point right now. <laughs> no more about John Cena or viral videos. I'm talking about listening to Sun Soup, The Art of War, read by Aidan Gillen. Really good listen. It's very short, so you can uh, tick off another audio book if you like to count how many books you can get through in a year, like, like I do my goal sitting, listen to the last episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. But you know what? The kind people at Audible are kind enough to offer you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service, all because you're a listener of The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Isn't that nice of them? It's very easy what you have to do. All you've got to do to download your free audiobook today is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. I'll tell it to you one more time. That's audibletrial.com forward slash best for your free audio book. Do that, well, I say today, but do it after you've listened to the rest of this great interview with former judo world champion Guillaume Elmont. <laughs> The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Obviously, judo is a very physical sport. What would be part of your re recovery regime? A part of my recovery, uh, um, yeah, a lot of physio, but eating well. So I get the right uh, building bricks in my body to uh, build good muscles and um, looking a lot of judo matches and visualizing the judo matches also because that helps with um, keeping the muscles strong. And if you imagine uh, yourself judoing and putting imaginary tension on your body. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, what type of food would you be putting into your body? Um, in English, let me see, proteins. Yeah, proteins, mm. a lot. Yeah. So a lot of but fish, a lot of meat. Fish, yeah, yeah, fish. More fish than I normally eat. And uh, heavy meat, yeah, like steaks and stuff. Are, are you a good cook? Can you cook? No, I can't cook at all, but um, there are a lot of people that cook for me, so there's no problem. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> no, I'm not a cook. That's yeah. good. You, you make sure you have the right people around yeah. you. Yeah, um, yeah. So who was in your team? What, what type of people would you have in your team? A coach, obviously your brother. Who, who was around when you were in this in this period? Um, yeah, I just switched from coach from 2004. I had Cor van Geest um, in the period before that. And after 2004, I had uh, Martin Ahrens as, as coach. And from that point, I had uh, always Martin Ahrens as judo coach. But um, he was uh, the judo coach for the international tournaments. And I had um power trainer was Herman de Brot for two years then and later I had to do it myself and the conditioning too that's why I became a performance coach later on and for technical I had my brother and Ronald yours uh, 
mm. um, around me. And for food, I yeah, I, I did uh, I, before I had a food uh, expert, but yeah, it wasn't possible to get my weight with the normal food uh, diet uh, schedule that I got. So I had to do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, yeah, no, that I think that's yeah everybody. Yeah, and and you mentioned. Um going into performance coaching. I believe you've been working at Ajax as well? Yeah, yeah. Before I worked at the Air Force as a psychologist because that's my background. But uh, during my... Uh, after 2006... No, no, no. 2004, I uh, had to do my my, uh, my strength and conditioning um, all, all by myself. So I uh, got uh, involved in that and... Got specialized in that, and later on, I uh, guided a few judo players and a few other athletes, and that's how I come to uh, work at Ajax now with the, the yeah the juniors or the the talented uh, boys. Yeah. So, what what type of things are you teaching them? Are they training them? What what do they? What similarities uh, in strength training for judo do they need also in football? Um, oh, similarities. Yeah, you, they they do the basics because they cannot go. They're they're pretty young and they don't really have um, experience in power training or power training like uh, judo players have. So with the, with the boys in soccer, it's more the basics, and I cannot go very deep with them like I go with judo players with the schedules that they have and the circuit training and that uh, kind of stuff. So it's pretty basic and when they get older you get more specific because it's another type of uh, sport that has different qualities and you have to give uh, performance training on the qualities of the sport. Mm. Uh, I know you mentioned about being a psychologist as well. When did you study that and how, how long have you been doing that? Oh, I... When did I study? I think I was uh, I finished my study in two thousand four or two thousand five. So I've been in psychology for all, all already ten years, and the last few years I've um, specialized in sports psychology. So um, that's the that's the aim that I have to be sports psychologist too and performance trainer. And since this year I have my own business in sports psychology and performance in judo it's called Elmond solutions and i'm uh, yeah guiding athletes so mentally and physically oh fantastic um obviously you said you were uh training to become a psychologist back in 2004 2005 that was at a crucial point of your career how were you able to juggle everything <laughs> yeah yeah i keep asking myself the same question but i was always uh used to having or study next to judo or work next to judo so it was never judo alone for me it was always in combination with study or um, yeah or or work and it you need you need a lot of uh, discipline you need to schedule everything good make a right plan and have the discipline to execute it or else it will it will all fall apart and um, yeah, I, I was very disciplined to do everything, and I, I got the discipline from judo. I'm really happy for that too, and that's how I could do the study and uh, and the judo next to each other. In a way, do you think that it helped you because it made you not think about judo twenty four seven? It actually gave your mind something to refresh and to concentrate on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You, I, yeah, you. Mm, yeah, it opens your mind also and uh, gives you much 
um, uh, how do you say, you get more relaxed, and everybody thinks you have to only do your sport, and no, no, uh, you don't need distraction, but you do need distraction, distraction to get in the right concentration, or you probably get over concentrated again and um, think of things that all won't ha- won't happen or or very negative in a way and when you have the distraction yeah then you can get in the right uh, concentration mode for uh, tournaments and stuff so i really think you need something uh, next to your sport to um, um, get the good uh, get the uh, best focus in your sport Mm, yeah, I noticed on your Instagram that one of the things you mentioned is you don't like surrounding yourself with negative people. Are, are you always a positive person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very optimistic and uh, and um, <clears throat> and very positive. And that's also why I like to guide um, uh, the youngsters. I want them to show them that they can do more than they think they they can do. So it's always a challenge when you get a guy in and um, we are started talking and they're like, no, I don't have this talent or no, I cannot do this. And then in the end, I can show them that they really can do it. And yeah, that's when you see them grow. And that's what I really like about um, guiding the youngsters. So how would you react to a defeat? Would you be depressed or would you really look at that as, okay, this is a, another building block towards a future victory? Um, yeah, I, I would be depressed, of course. But I would go uh, back on the drawing board and uh, think about my game plan. What can I? What? What? What did I do wrong? What can I do better? Uh, how will this never work uh, or happen again to me? So I always learned from my mistakes, and that's that are the things that you learn the most from uh, from the mistakes. So I always was like, yeah, I, I was I was angry, of course, but always in a learning mode. And obviously you said you're so busy and you have so many things going on, but when you do get a time to relax, how do you like to unwind? What do you like to do for fun? Now, um, you know, I'm older. I, st- I stopped the judo, so I don't have to do all the hard trainings in the night. And uh, I start doing uh, salsa with uh, Cuban salsa. Wow. But yeah, but um, when it, in 2013, I was uh, I fell on my neck during the Worlds. And um, the doctors told me, yeah, the next time you fall on your neck, it's either you're paralyzed or you're dead. And I wasn't allowed to do any sport. I wasn't allowed to do cardio, no running, no biking, no power training, no judo. Just uh, sit and relax, they told me, for a half a year. And then they would uh, make an evaluation. But my physiotherapist was like, yeah, uh, maybe you can do salsa. You know, just dance, and I was like, "No, it's for old people because he's very old." And was laughing, but I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Because I wasn't, um, yeah, I couldn't sit still the whole day at that moment. So I started doing salsa, and I still do it now for fun, and and it's it's nice. It's really nice, uh, and I'm really happy that I started with it. So that's really nice. Uh, only for fun? Is there not a bit of your competitive spirit thinking oh i could take this further and maybe enter a competition or anything like that no 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 i'm not no 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 my competition days are over (laughs) yeah no more competitions uh, uh, for me the only thing that i would like to do is maybe um the open category dutch championships that would be fun to do then i can fight the heavy guys but um, no, for me, no competitions anymore. And I just enjoy life. I, um, yeah, it's nice. You know, I was, um, 
in yeah, I went to three Olympics, and before that, in the juniors, I always was first in my team. So I had almost um, 20 years of experience on the highest level in judo in every age category. So for me, it's a, it's a long time. Yeah. Mm. So now, now you have retired from judo. Is there one person either in sport or elsewhere in psychology, business or wherever, if there's one person you could spend a day with, who would that be? <sighs> one person I could spend a day with. Yeah, I really don't know. It's a difficult question. I know. No, no, no. I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, then, who, who, who was your? Did you ever look up to anyone as a competitor? Is there anyone you looked up to? Yeah, who, who yeah. When I, when I was when I was uh, very young, um, and start looking at the world's uh, world championships and the Olympics, my um, idol, I think everybody's idol, was Koga from Japan. He was uh, my number one idol for uh, for a few years. Yeah. What 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 was it about him? Um, yeah, his technique. His technique was phenomenal. He had the shoulder technique where he threw. Everybody knew what was coming. Uh, you only didn't know when, and you and you didn't know how high they would fly. <laughs> so <laughs> it was uh, really amazing to see him judo and win uh, win everything. Yeah. Well, Guillaume, this has been a fantastic chat. Just before we go, if you could just tell our listeners how they can follow you on social media or on Instagram, Twitter, and how they could also get in touch with you if they want to get involved with sports psychology, perhaps mention how they can reach out to your business that you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. My site, well, my site is still under construction, but when it's online, it's um, called elmontsolutions.nl. Uh, and um, yeah, Elmont is like my, is my last name, and the solution is very easy. And I'm you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, not, not on Twitter, but um, yeah, under my own name, Guillaume Elmont. And then you'll probably find uh, on Facebook the athlete page and my own page, and on Instagram you will find my uh, it's um, Elmont and then underscore uh, no, sorry Guillaume underscore Elmont on uh, Instagram, and then you will find me there and it's always nice to help people um yeah with their sport or performance um judo or mentally so they can always find me on my page almondsolution.com uh nl sorry well this has been a fascinating chat with you guillaume and we really appreciate your time guillaume elmont thank you for being the best in the world yes thank you very much the best in the world podcast with richard parr Another amazing insight from a former world champion on the best in the world. Our first judo superstar on the show. And what I really like about this podcast is we get the insights from all different parts of the world of sport. We've had cliff divers. We've had MMA champions. We've had sailing world match racing tour champions. Swimmers, footballers, rugby players, cyclists, hockey players, all different types and all giving a different perspective. There's a few different themes which sometimes are very similar. So it's different things that we can learn from these superstars. And perhaps it can help you in your everyday life or in your sporting ambitions. And if you really enjoy the show, please go on to iTunes as well as downloading it. Subscribe to the show so you never miss a show. And if you get a moment, I would really, really love it if you would give it a rating and a review. It really helps boost the profile of the podcast and with the 
increased profile obviously means we can get more great guests for you to listen to. It's all about helping each other on the best in the world and I think we've done that. We've got another great interview coming up next Wednesday. Thanks to Guillaume Almont. Thanks to you, the listener, for listening. Have a fantastic week. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.